Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray and then I'm going to invite you to uh, read a scripture with me out loud. We're going to throw it up on the screen. Today it's my privilege to bring this word, the greatest Savior. Truth of the matter is, he's the only Savior. Amen? And uh, y'all are in trouble this morning because the only Savior, I have like 14 pages of notes. And 30 minutes. So I'm going to do one or two things. I'm going to read really fast. Or y'all going to go have lunch and I'm going to still be preaching. But we serve an amazing, amazing Savior. Sometimes at Christmas we think, well, I've heard that story before, read that story before, grew up with that story, read it to my kids' story. And sometimes if we're not careful, it gets mundane and familiar. This Christmas... I've just slowed down, maybe because I had to, and I've taken a lot of time thinking about what Mary went through. Wow. I mean, I was there with my wife when we, when she (laughs) gave birth. I had the privilege of delivering Andrew with the help of a midwife. And I watched what my wife went through. And then the other night, we watched the story of the chosen. And wow, (laughs) what Mary went through. I mean, my wife's always been my hero, but my gosh. You know, miles on a donkey. Miles on a donkey with child and not complaining. Remembering over and over what the messenger had said. Mary, don't be afraid. Sometimes we have to say to ourselves, don't be afraid. The Savior, the King of Kings, His promises are yes and amen. Father, I thank you this morning for your word, for the privilege of talking about your son, Jesus. Nobody on this stage, Father, is the star. You alone are the one that we give praise and honor. You're the one that we slow down and remind ourselves, even as we do with our children and our grandchildren, that it is all about what Jesus did for us. So this morning as we go through scriptures and read this one powerful verse out of Isaiah, Lord, help us to be reminded of the significance of the beginning. 
We know, Father, that it was Jesus going to the cross that saved us. But he began as a little tiny baby, born willing to come, willing to go through what he would go through for 33 years to get to the place of the cross. Today, let it be fresh revelation, even as we meditate upon the promise of Isaiah the prophet who prophesied 700 years before Jesus would come, seven centuries before he prophesied that day would come, and it came. Today, let us see it fresh, new for a moment, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you read with me this scripture? We'll start with verse 6, two verses. Read, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Amen. You can be seated. Five incredible promises out of Isaiah chapter 9. Verse 6, five incredible promises that I don't think I've ever slowed down enough at a, any season of my life to look at this one verse broken down, and each promise so incredibly powerful. Each promise was for you and me. 700 years before Jesus would actually come, Isaiah the prophet who prophesied over Israel for some 80 years, prophesied judgment, prophesied against sin, prophesied against wicked leaders, prophesied against the evil of the, of the Jewish people, and yet right in the middle of it, he prophesies of the promise that would come. That was 700 years before. Now we're 2,000 plus years post. And the promise is still powerful. The promise is still for today. The promise is the only thing that will separate someone from hell and give them an opportunity for heaven. Is the promise of what he would be and what he would do. So five promises out of this one verse. The first one is this, unto us a child is born. Last couple of weeks I've been told privately that uh, there's a few of our families with child. Again. But I can't tell anybody who they are. So I've just roamed around rejoicing unto us some more babies are coming. It's not Suzanne and I, okay? Just... <laughs> I want to clarify that, make sure you guys understand 
Uh, it, it's definitely not us. But he promised, for unto us a child is born. And I love the fact that, you know, wh why did God use that timetable? Why did he use the prophet Isaiah? Isaiah is considered a major prophet, not because some of the other prophets were, you know, old covenants kind of broken down between the major prophets and the minor prophets. And a lot of people think, wow, the minor prophets, they were just like, they were, they were like class B. They, they weren't, they, you know, but the, the only difference was, was that the major prophets had too many words for one scroll and the minor prophets could get it all in one. You know, I don't know how many of you are still pressing through with your daily devotion that we started back in January. I, I'm, I'm believing by faith every one of you are. Even if you're a few days behind or a few weeks or a few months, uh, that you're still reading the Word. And uh, I'm actually three days from being finished. Now, I understand I've been home a lot more than some of you working guys, so I, I just can't stop sometimes. I just, I just like, man, when you're right in the middle of reading about Gideon and then it breaks till tomorrow, heck no, you know? I, <laughs> I ain't doing that. I'm flipping to the next day. You know, I'm finding out what that scripture is and, and I'm going for it. So uh, I, I love the fact that in some of these, uh, there, there's just a little bit of a break because, man, you can get hung up in Ezekiel oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and Isaiah. There's some stuff that just like, wow. Lord, why didn't you just wipe out the whole planet and just you and Jesus, just keep going. Because we have been some wicked people. Some of y'all are sitting there all righteous. Oh, yeah, not, not me. I'm, I've never done I've never killed anybody. But sin is sin. And it has separated us. And God speaks to the prophet Isaiah. And it almost seems like out of place. I mean, he's just prophesying all this judgment and speaking to the people and calling them to righteousness and, and to, to repent, man. And you get over and, and, and read about Ezra, the prophet. I mean, he just, he sees this and he gets a revelation of his people and he just falls on his face and starts dumping dirt on top of his head. Going, we are a wicked people. Ezra wasn't wicked, but he saw himself as a part of the whole. And Isaiah had prophesied so much judgment and everything. And then right in the middle, God speaks to him and, and he declares this. He speaks it for unto us. A child is born to us. A son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called. And he gives these wonderful names. But it starts with the promise that a child is coming. Luke chapter 1 verse 30, and 30 through 33. Y'all can tag along. I want to read this to you. It's the promise to Mary. It's the promise to us. And the angel said to her, Mary, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, And the angel said to them, Fear not, 
For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. He was promised to be a Savior. And he was born this tiny little baby that cried, that ate, that pooped, that threw up. The Christ, the Savior of the world. This story today is not about Mary, but can I tell you over the last few days, I've just had a newfound respect for Mother Mary. What she did, what she walked out, and how she had only the word of the Lord. And you think she didn't have, how many of you have had a word of the Lord, you've gone through hell, you've gone through the fire, and the only thing that got you through it was you were reminded of the word God gave you. Anybody besides myself? You think Mary didn't have to continually remind herself of the promise? She's going on this donkey trying to get to Bethlehem. They're running out of water. They're thirsty. And Joseph, oh my goodness, I want to meet Joseph. I mean, talking about an unsung hero. He could have put her away. Except he had a word from the Lord. Come on, somebody. There are things that you would have put away had you not had a word from the Lord. The word of the Lord is what saves you. The word of the Lord is what gives you promise. Hey, can we just take a second and give the Lord a praise for the missionaries that got released in Haiti this week? Amen, amen. Wow. A lot of prayer. A lot of prayer went up for those people. There's a whole lot of namesayers out there and backseat drivers and Monday morning quarterbacks going, what were they doing down there? They were, it's none of your business. (laughs) They were following the word of the Lord. You see, oftentimes the word of the Lord will take you places where others won't understand. And the only way you make it is you remind yourself Mary had to remind herself, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. If you watched the Chosen Christmas special last week, um, the scene where they walk into the stable, and, and almost the first thing you see is animal dung. Animal dung. The Son of God is about to be born. And Joseph is cleaning up and discarding. Reminding himself, this is the promise. And it was just Mary and Joseph. Didn't have three midwives, hot bowl of water. You think about it. The significance. And Joseph reminds Mary, 
You think she wasn't crying? You think she wasn't in pain? She didn't just bebop in there, pop down, and pop him out. No, no, there was some serious pain. There is always pain that goes with a promise. Mm, that's good. I don't even know where that came from. You're not going to have victory without a battle. You're not going to experience the full promises of God just because you're an American Christian that makes a lot of money. You're going to go through, you're going to go through some stuff. And you're going to leave all that stuff behind because it's not a part of the promise. The promise is Christ the Savior, the Redeemer of the world, my Redeemer, my Savior, my Lord. John chapter 1, verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Say that out loud, grace and truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth. Number two, promise out of Isaiah chapter nine, he will be a wonderful counselor. How many of you need a counselor at least once in your life? For what? I don't care for what. Ever, anything, everything. You, you need a counselor. How many of you have gotten bad counsel before? <laughs> From a good person. Love God. Had all the right intentions. Gave you their thought. The, some of y'all paid for it. <laughs> you paid good money. Went and got counsel. It wasn't that it was bad, it was just wasn't God. That's why, you know, every time anybody asks me about the COVID vaccinations, I say, you better hear from God. Nobody else. You, you, you need to pray and seek God. And you need to not violate the peace. Because God might say to one Take it, and to another, don't take it. You better not be living off your neighbor's word. Amen? The Savior, the King of kings, can well speak to you, give you the knowledge and the wisdom. And especially, can I just say for your children, don't just listen to everything that's coming out there. You better know the word of the Lord. Because you're going to have to stand maybe and fight for his or her life if it doesn't go the way you hoped. You think that God doesn't know what's going on in America today. If he can speak all these specifics to Mary and Joseph, I believe he has a word for you and me. And your word, okay, this is not in my notes. I got to get through this quick. Your word is nobody else's word. Stop being Holy Spirit for anybody and everybody else. You got to know the word for you and for your children. And for you husbands and wives, you got to be in agreement. Don't go jabbing your kid if you're not in agreement. Make sure that you believe it's the word of the Lord. And then you pray that any deadly thing put in your child's body will not harm them. Amen? Don't, don't just... Believe all the garbage that's coming down the pike about anything that has to do with kingdom. 
were promised a counselor, wonderful counselor. The Hebrew language defines it this way, wonderful, to wonder or marvel at something extraordinary or even hard to understand. And counselor, to advise, consult, devise, or plan. So you put those together, we see that Jesus was born with a supernatural capacity to offer the most marvelous counsel and advice we'll ever need to know. Amen, Amen, all three of us. That's good right there. He has been promised to us. And I believe that everything that we go through, listen, everything you're going through, the only one that I can really fully ever talk about completely is me or my wife and I. And I'm telling you over 25 months, I have come more and more and more and more and more to the understanding that the doctors don't have the last say in my life. Their word is not the last say in my life. Not when I had the wonderful counselor. Not when I can go to him. He's not through with me. I have something yet to do. Then the devil, can, the devil cannot kill me. He can afflict me. He might even test me. But God has the last say. And he has the last say in your life concerning marriage, concerning your family, concerning your children, concerning what your children are watching, looking at, the iPads, the phones, the internet, the school, public schools, public universities. Better make sure you go to God as to how he wants you to raise up your children. You teaching them. You putting them in a safe place where they'll be taught the word of God. Not that they have a choice to look in a mirror and decide they no longer want to be a boy. Today they want to be a girl. You, you, we got, see, he's the wonderful counselor. You think, God's, you think God through his son Jesus by the Holy Spirit is ever telling some little girl that he made a mistake? And, and I meant for you to be a boy. No, that's all lies from hell. And there are a lot of lies from hell coming down the pike. We need Jesus, the Savior, the baby that grew up and became the man, the son of the living God. We need his counsel in our life. That's a beautiful little baby, Diane, you're holding and rocking right there. Little gifts of God. That when, they, when the Father gives them, he gives us the responsibility to pray, to seek his counsel, and he will help us. He will help us to make right choices. Don't you love Jesus, the wonderful counselor? Beyond the extraordinary things Jesus did, hear me, he himself is the wonder. Jesus is the wonder. Not like wondering if he's Jesus. No, no. I mean, he's the wonder. Extraordinary. Amazing. Last night, I had a, I don't even know how to describe last night. I had a night full of, I haven't discerned yet. 
Was it God speaking to me or the devil tormenting me? Last night, I saw heaven in a different perspective. I saw my time on this earth for what he meant for it to be. I saw myself in the transition, and I found myself almost in an anticipation of being in its presence. Jesus, the wonder of God that came to this earth, not to make us religious, but to redeem us and save us so that we could fulfill his purpose and plan in our lives. So that we don't just go through life from one mistake after another, but that we find the path of Christ and live our lives doing what matters most to him. I told Suzanne yesterday, there's a stirring going in me for next year that my pastoral team is either going to like or they're going to go, pastor's going off the deep end. Because I know there's more for the Rock of Gainesville to be doing in our community. Jerusalem. And then in the uttermost parts of the, of the earth. I just had Tom run to the office and get us $1,000 to stuff in an envelope because we just found out that we have a mule, a carrier, a righteous uh, person of God uh, going to Cuba on Wednesday. And, and so I immediately text Abdiel and said, Pastor Abdiel, I want your mom and your brother to know that we're going to send $1,000 down. You got to hook up with Oscar. You got to find the details, but you got to go to the airport. You got to get the envelope. Uh, use this money for the kingdom. And uh, he immediately responded with tears of joy. Thanksgiving. Tell the people of the Rock of Gainesville, our family there, we love them. We couldn't do life without y'all. See, that's to the kingdoms of God throughout the whole earth. But you know, there are a lot of hurting people in Gainesville that need the church to get up outside of our beautiful building and go out to where they are. I don't know what all that means. I just know there's a stirring inside of me. I don't need any more pastors sitting in offices. I don't need some of y'all retiring so you can sit home and watch 2,700 episodes of NCIS. You know everything Jethro Gibbs ever did. And there's hurting people in our city. There's homeless children. I called Coach Ryan Jones this week, one of our teachers at the Rock School. I love that man. And uh, he, he's doing a, a, a children's toy drive. And we bought toys for him. And then I saw him this week and I said, what's going on? Are y'all finished up? Well, we're short a little bit. And I said... Tell me what you need. Tell me how much it costs. And so he sent it to me, and, and I said, okay, we'll take care of it. And, and, and immediately, Holy Spirit just put in my heart, why don't you go be a part of it? So I said, can, can I go? And then I thought, what a great idea. You know what? So I called, told, told all my family, hey, all the grandkids that want to go with Baba, we're going to go give gifts to kids, mostly without fathers. Not in Haiti or Jamaica or Cuba, in Gainesville, where there are thousands of them. 
And so I, I text Coach Ryan and said, can we be a part? And he said, absolutely. That's just a little thing, except for those little kids who are getting gifts that they wouldn't get if it weren't for men like Coach Ryan Jones. See, what is it that God has called us to do? Well, we're going to start out January the 2nd, two weeks from today, praying and saying, God, use us. Wonderful counselor, what do you have for us? 2021's over. Thank you, Jesus. 2022 is ahead. What do you want us to do? What do you want, to, what do you want me to give away? What do I have in my house of value? that I no longer even use, that would be a tremendous blessing to someone else. Be careful you start praying those kind of prayers. God might take you up on it. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. You know what? I don't have time to read all that. Read that when you get home, okay? I'm going to give you some scriptures that they're just so good. But, well, verse 18 says this. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, come on somebody, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph... Son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, Joseph would not have done what he did without the word of the Lord. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Number three, third promise out of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Unto us a child is born, wonderful counselor, mighty God. Say mighty. Mighty, mighty is a powerful word. So often the church is seen as irrelevant, broken. Obese, sloppy, lazy. But that's not the bride. That's not the bride of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we serve a mighty God. Because Jesus is coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. Coming back for a bride that knows who she is. And has prepared herself. So grateful you're all here today. But what about tomorrow? The next day? What about January the 2nd? What about 2022? Do you want your life and your family just to be a replica of 2021? Or do you want to say, God, I'm closer to heaven than I've ever been. I don't want to waste any more time. What is it that you want me to do that's going to stretch me Cause my faith to grow. Now, I remember a few years ago, I preached this message on faith, maybe four or five years ago, and I thought it was such a great message. Myself, personally, very humbly speaking, I thought it was just a great word. <laughs> faith. And I'm preaching faith, and I'm, I'm preaching all my understanding of faith. 
And then 25 months ago, a doctor says something to me and I realize I don't know what in the heck I'm talking about, about faith. Not personally. You see, when I preached that message, man, there was never a question where Suzanne and I were going to get our next meal. Could we pay our mortgage payment? You know, if my clothes are wearing out, can, you know, can I afford to ever buy something new? Now, I started looking and realizing, is there anything that I'm doing in my life right now that actually requires faith? We're American Christians. We got it all. Except the ability to know how to deal with the fight when it comes. Because we're ill-prepared. But we serve a mighty God. He's not here to condemn us, beat us up. That's why I'm not talking about your story of faith or lack of it. I'm talking about mine. I met a young lady yesterday. I went to pick up my grandson, Wyatt, to spend the day with him for his birthday. I didn't feel good, and I was struggling physically. And most of you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was diagnosed with a bunch of clot, blood clots in my lungs. And a whole new, once again, level of having to stand in faith. To say that, that no matter what the attack, God is still greater. He's greater than every attack of the enemy. How do I stand in faith to believe to walk this out? Not back up. Not be moved by how I feel. Because if I was moved by how I felt, I would be at home this morning watching church. One of the other guys would be preaching. But to be honest, I was like, Lord, just let me get to the pulpit. Because when your anointing hits sickness disappears. We might go on a preaching marathon in 2022 just so I feel good for like two or three, four or five days in a row. Just, just keep preaching. Because when you're under the anointing, man, everything else disappears. But we serve a mighty God. Mighty, strong, mighty, brave. God, the one true living God, Jehovah. No other definitions needed for God except the word Father, because He is our Father. I love that in my weakness, I always see the strength of God. In your weakness, you can depend upon, oh, how I feel, or oh, my bank account's busted, or oh, my marriage looks like it's falling apart, or you can grab hold of God and declare he's still mighty. You're going through something today in your marriage, hear me. Stop thinking about giving up. Don't quit. Fight for what God gave you. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your husband. Fight for your wife. You might fight each other along the way, but never stop fighting for one another. Because God will make a way. For your children, some of you, your children are lost and on their way to hell. You need to ask God to give you a revelation of what that looks like and what that means so you will stand in the gap and fight for your son and daughter to come back to God because that is his promise. You got to fight for them. You got to fight for your children. I didn't say be Holy Spirit and start calling them and quoting scriptures to them. I, I'm talking about praying what God says pray. Amen. Till the answer is there. 
I don't want to make it to heaven without my wife and my sons, my daughters, my grandchildren. Oh my gosh, I, I got a couple of grandkids that are turning teenage years. Oh, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. I thank God that it's their parents that are responsible and not me. Sometimes I see them, you know, around school or hanging out with certain people and I look and I go, God, is that the right person my grandkids need to be with? If not, let their parents know it. Let them know how to fight because it's a spiritual war. But we serve a mighty God. Mighty God. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. Read that when you get home. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Philippians chapter 2. Have this attitude, verse 5, in yourselves, which also is in Christ who as he already existed in the form of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a bondservant and being born in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, death on the cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Our mighty God is not only able, but absolutely ready and willing to use our lives as a presentation of his all powerful ability. God wants to show up, look at, mighty through your life. Stop seeing yourself as some worn out, broken down, messed up sinner. Because you're not. Jesus died so that all that sin of your life comes under the blood. He doesn't look at you that adulterer, that fornicator, that pervert, that thief, that liar, that murderer, he looks at you as a son and a daughter who his son was willing to die on a cross so that his blood shed would cleanse you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. And he wants you to start looking at yourself in a mirror as the righteous man and woman of God that he called you and created you to be. Why? So that you can fulfill his purpose on the earth. His purpose. Four, I got to get through this. Did you really come up here at the right time or you came early and you didn't come early? I don't care. I haven't preached in a few weeks. I'm going to finish. Number four. Oh my gosh, I love this one. He is everlasting father. Everlasting. Don't you love that word? He's everlasting. No end. He is our all in all. Everlasting Father. In the Hebrew, it means forever, continuing future of continuous existence. And Father, 
Man, I, I love the day when I got the revelation that God was my father. Not my earthly father who had failed. Not my earthly father who married and divorced my mother three times. Not my earthly father who was a gambler, an addict. Oh, don't you, don't you love the blood of Jesus that cleanses your daddies from all of that? But he is Father God who's never wronged you, never left you, never forsaken you. And what he has for you is everlasting eternity. I found myself early this morning in the wee hours, my wife sleeping soundly beside me, saying, God, <clears throat> there's still a few things I want to do on this earth. But if my time is now, I am absolutely ecstatic about seeing you face to face. I am absolutely okay because I know that I'm not the one that can take care of my family anyhow. You are the everlasting Father. Psalm 68, you guys know one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. Father of the fatherless, the protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. He leads the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious will dwell in a parched land. God is the God who takes care of all his children. He's just waiting for a response to the knock at your heart's door. If you don't know Jesus today, in a moment, a few minutes, one more promise I gotta get to you. You can today receive the love of the one who created you because he loves you so much. I believe if it was just you, he would have sent his son to die for. I believe that. And he doesn't come as a condemner. He, he's not even coming as judge because that's already come under the blood of Jesus Christ. When you say yes to God and no to the world, no to self, you're receiving the righteous judgment of God. You're now son or daughter of the Most High. Isaiah chapter 40 says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary, and his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The promise of an everlasting Father. And then the last one, you know it. 
the Prince of Peace. Jesus, the Savior, the promise, 700 years before he came, Isaiah declared, God says that his son will be the Prince of Peace. How many of you think America needs a little bit of peace in 2022? Marcus Lamb, who him and his wife, Joni, I believe, were the founders of the TV ministry called Daystar. And he died suddenly a week or two ago, at 64 years of age. And he loved God and he spoke truth. And the liberal media is ripping his reputation to every level that they can. Why does a man dying and going to heaven cause such affliction to the wicked? Why do they hate those who walk in peace so desperately? Why does Satan pour everything he has into destroying your life? Because what we have, he can never have. The Son of God came as Prince of Peace. Peace of God passes all understanding. The supernatural peace. I believe that no matter what the enemy throws at us in 2022, hear me church, I believe we can walk in peace. We cannot get caught up in the battle of the words when we have so much more that's been promised to us. I walk in peace. That's why some of your declarations need to be your declarations. And you don't need to be blabbing them to an unsaved world. I don't have time to preach that message, but there's a lot in that statement. We've been promised peace. Shalom. If you watch the chosen Christmas special they did, Mary comes in who had been touched by Christ. Life radically changed to see the mother of Jesus, Mary. And this is post-death, post-resurrection, post-Jesus being gone, the church is being established, Christians are being killed. And they sneak her in because Mary's laying on a bed, she's sick with fever. And Mary Magdalene walks in and she says, Shalom. When she made that statement, I had goosebumps run up on the other side of other goosebumps. There is something about that word. Maybe we Gentiles should adopt it. Instead of, hey, what's up? How you feeling? Get tired of that question. I started thinking, wouldn't it just be great if somebody said, Pastor, shalom, peace. The peace that only Jesus can give. The Prince of Peace. Jesus is different than any human leader in the world. What he gives, the world cannot take away from us. 
He came to the earth clothed in peace. John 14, 27 says, Jesus declares, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts, hear me, the Rock of Gainesville, 2021, December, Christmas service. One Sunday away from being through with this year. Peace, Jesus said he leaves with us. His peace. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Paul said to the church in Thessalonica, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the greatest Savior, the only Savior, came to give us life and that life more abundantly. He began Jesus in a manger, but he was always fully Son of God, Son of Man. And he grew, and he went to the cross, and he died. Jesus, the Son of God, so that his peace would settle in our lives. What's God called you for for 2022? Man, if you do anything over this next week in preparation for Christmas, spend time every single day saying, Father God, thank you that I walk in peace. And thank you that you have a purpose for me in 2022 greater than anything I've ever known before. Help my eyes to see it. Help my ears to hear it. Help my heart to be open to it. Help me not to get discouraged by anything that the world throws at me. You have a plan for my life. I want to fulfill it. How many of you want to fulfill the plan of God in your life? I mean, you're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Let us finish the race that was set before us. Father, I pray over my people today, your people, I thank you for Christmas once again, that we slow down, stop, we think about things that are eternal in value. We buy gifts for one another, we dress up, we dress our houses up, and we do all kinds of things. As believers, we do it because we want to be continually reminded of all the gifts that you gave to us through your son, Jesus Christ. Today on this Christmas Sunday, as we celebrate you, Father God, as we celebrate your son, Jesus. Help us to remember these promises that you spoke to Isaiah the prophet. He faithfully spoke and declared and wrote thousands of years later, here we are celebrating the word of the Lord, the promises that are yes and amen for every one of us. I pray first of all over our people 
that those that you have joined to this house, join them here for a reason, for a purpose. You called us. We're greater together than we could ever be alone. We have a purpose to live. We have a destiny to fulfill. And I pray that you will help us put aside everything that's a hindrance to us as men, as women, as young people, from the oldest to the youngest. Lord, we don't want anything to hinder us this coming year from hearing your voice, being willing to say, here am I, Lord, send me. Whether it's across the street or next door or to another country in the world, help us to be faithful. Help us to give our lives to that which has eternal value. I bless the people of this house for their faithfulness to you, Father. I bless the dads in this house who are walking out. Father, they're trusting you. They're seeking your face. They're asking for wisdom to know how to lead their homes, to love their wives, to lead their children, their grandchildren. Pray over the incredible moms and women of this house, Father. Let let your blessing just be poured out upon them as they wake up daily saying, Father, today use me for your glory. I reject and repent of everything that is not pleasing to you. I want to walk out righteously. For the young people and the children, oh God, I pray your protection over our kids today. What a crazy time to be growing up, going through teenage years. All the stuff that is presented before them, all the lies of the enemy that sound so good and right and just. Help our kids to have a voice to hear. Even as Jesus, a young boy at 12 years of age, went into the temple and spoke. I pray that you will fill our children with the Holy Spirit in such a way that our kids will grow through their teenagers' years, never forsaking their God. That they will be steadfast and true and faithful. Help dads and moms to lead them, to lead them righteously. I give you thanks for all of that. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, I want to speak to those who are watching online and anyone in this auditorium that today you do not yet have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus. Today, Jesus is knocking at your heart's door and he's wanting you to invite him in because everything he did for you, he's already done and he's waiting for your response. Today, You can invite Jesus to be Lord of your life. What a great Christmas present to yourself. Depart from hell and enter into the journey of eternal life with the God who created you, loved you so much that before you were, he already knew you. He named you. He had a purpose for your life even in your mother's womb. He loves you so much. If this morning you want to respond and say, Jesus, be Lord of my life, I want you just to simply pray this prayer with me. 
You can raise your hand. You can keep it down. But pray the prayer of faith. Those watching online, pray. Ask Jesus. Let him be Lord of your life today. I'm going to invite the whole congregation to pray this simple prayer with me today. You pray it in faith. And then you come let somebody know. Just when we're through praying, just tell your neighbor. I just gave my heart to Jesus. Because it's not about us. This is about you. And a personal decision that will change your life for eternity. Pray with me right now. Father God, I ask you to come into my life. I'm a sinner. I need you. I need a Savior. Today, Jesus, I invite you. I open up my heart's door. Come into my life. I surrender everything. I hold nothing back. Be Lord of my life. I need you, Father. My life needs you. And today, by faith, I receive you. And I give you thanks and praise for loving me. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise in faith for those who are responding. I declare the goodness of God. I love you guys very much. I wish you a very Merry Christmas. I pray that this week that you really will take the time, slow down. Don't let Christmas beat the hell out of you. Let it be a time of refreshing. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.